Welcome to Open Banking Expo Unplugged, bringing you the brightest minds in open banking, open finance and beyond. Hello and welcome to Open Banking Expo Unplugged. I'm Ellie Duncan, Head of Editorial and Broadcast at Open Banking Expo. And in today's episode, I'm delighted to be joined by two guests. Uh, So the first of these is Carlos Katsuo, who is the America's Innovation Leader at GFT. And my other guest is uh, Carlos's colleague, Mauricio Deutsch. He is Canada Banking and Capital Markets Leader at GFT. Now, they're both here to discuss some of the biggest open banking implementation challenges that not only sort of North America, but, but other countries still need to overcome. Uh, They're also going to get us up to speed on where Canada is on its open banking implementation journey. So welcome, Mauricio and Carlos, to the podcast. Thank you very much, Ellie. Thank you for having us today. Hi, Ellie. It's a pleasure. Thanks so much, both of you. And and look, let's start with a bit of an introductory question. For those of our global listeners who aren't familiar with GFT or indeed either of you, Mauricio, can you kick us off by kind of introducing your role at at GFT? What, What is it that you're responsible for? Thank you, Ellie. So, yeah, I'm uh, based out of t- Toronto, and I'm uh, uh, in GFT Canada. We are uh, serving clients both in insurance and in banking. And I'm uh, my role specifically is to lead all uh, uh, all our practice around the Canadian banking and capital markets uh, customers and, and landscape. So this includes all, of course, all, all the banks, all the fintechs, all the credit unions, all the uh, asset managers, and so everything around uh, specifically the uh, banking landscape. Yeah. Great. And uh, and Carlos, uh, can you explain a bit about your role at, at GFT? Sure, Ali. Hi. Thank you for having us here. It's a pleasure to be here. My name is Carlos Kazu. I'm responsible for uh, business development structure in, in GFT in Americas, uh, which was responsible for, which encompasses all the, the technology practices. And one of the most exciting challenges we've, we've been running in the last years, actually, uh, was the open finance advent, right? So how we help our customers to adopt and to embrace and to understand and how to make business uh, with open banking, open insurance, and open finance arrangements. So, so we've been helping customers on this journey from from Brazil to Mexico to US, Europe, and Asia. So happy to discuss and share those experiences with you here. Yeah, it's great that you have insights from from really all, all over the world. And um, Carlos, just staying with you, can you elaborate a little bit on some of the industries that GFT serves and, and some of the, the services that, that you're providing? Sure, Ali. GFT is a German-based company, uh, we are a professional services consulting firm focused mainly on financial institutions. So we were born almost 40 years ago working for some German banks, and then we, we opened our capital. So we are listed on, on, on Frankfurt, Frankfurt uh, Stock Exchange, and we have you know, global accounts uh, in, throughout the world now. So our our focus are financial sector, so retail, commercial banks, investment banks, asset managers, uh, stock exchange, 
and but also we we support insurers and and recently uh, jft is open to to work with industries in the manufacturing sector retail and mainly leveraging all this experience with technology for banks we are leveraging this for other sectors our portfolio of services includes uh, mainly technology journeys for you know to support all the, the the digital transformation journey so all of our customers we've been working with this from 10 years just focus on how we we can support and guide our customers in this journey so thinking about the technology strategy so how to tackle modernization how to understand the the business needs and the best technology solutions to address them passing through the implementation, all the implementation path, whether it's developing applications, whether it's implementing products through infrastructure, right? And and finally, supporting all the, 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 the operational sites. So when you have our customers lean on GFT to help them to keep their critical applications on production up and running. So we've been working from strategy to operations for the whole value chain of technology. Great. Thanks for setting the scene, Carlos. Just going from there then, um, Mauricio, perhaps you can start us off here. So it would be great to kind of get up to speed on on where some of the countries around the world are on their sort of open banking journeys and also to provide a bit of, of global context. So Mauricio, do you want to, to kick us off with, with sort of that context and, and maybe, you know, talk about Europe? Yeah, sure. Perfect. So, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's very interesting to see where uh, this is well, what this is happening in each of the regions. So, there's many many uh, different levels of uh, of maturity in each of the regions. So, some some uh, countries and some regions are way uh, in front of of the rest, and uh, this is very important because depending on uh, where some of the geographies are the challenges are completely different. So more mature countries or regions are, are undergoing a, a lot of things. So for example, as you said, Eli, Europe, yeah, okay, Europe is, uh, is, is, not, is not, a, not an exception of what I just said. There's a very different level of maturity among the countries, but they, they are way ahead. They started many years ago and they have a, a based their growth on the revised uh, payment services directive, the famous PSD2 that exists and uh, uh, since 2015. And this was uh, issued by the uh, European Parliament. So this is part of the success, I, I would say, because this success is having a whole set of countries following a specific directive, which makes it easier for everyone to, 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 to work and, and, and to standardize. And then the UK uh, localized it in 2018. So then, then uh, other countries followed, such as the Nordic region. And uh, so for example, Norway is uh, has an adoption rate of 95% in terms of API gateways, which is very, very impressive, right? So um, the, there's a uh, the main struggle here is that uh, uh, the customer authentication regulation then uh, and, and, and some of the uh, the multi-factor authentication systems implementation is is part of the uh, the main issue that they are facing in in this part of the world. If we see other geographies, for example, Asia Pacific is, uh, would we would say that they they, uh, they are leading the way. Latin America is also uh, Brazil is one of the countries that 
has has made a lot of progress. Africa and Middle East are way behind, right? So this is a a, a little bit of what uh, what uh, what is happening. And also, if we go to to North America specifically now in in U.S., for example, this is a very a very interesting situation because there's no regulation at this point officially uh, defined. Uh, but then, and the U.S. has adopted a market-led approach, and 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 this is interesting because in my conversation with many customers, some of them say, "I'm going to wait until the regulation comes out." And what I try to tell them is, there's a lot of business to be leveraged before actually the regulation comes out. So this is part of the the approach that the U.S. has taken, and they have they are, have done a lot of things around uh, uh, around open banking. Uh, supposed to, they're supposed to be that the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau uh, will soon be establishing the rules for consumer data sharing, which which will be now the opportunity they have been waiting for for all the banks and to to, to fintechs to benefit from from open banking. So so this will be uh, addressing all uh, some of the security concerns that are around there. And uh, if we were to divide. The, the U.S. market into two main groups. It's like the, the, some of the, 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 let's say, banks are doing their own stuff. They are uh, implementing their own API, API layers that uh, are sitting on top of their core solutions. So, of course, the integration of those solutions are, it's, uh, it's direct. And uh, this strategy is, let's say, secure because everything they do no, will work no matter what. But it requires a lot of uh, maintenance and commitment and budgeting uh, for for the development. And also, if we uh, see the other parts, they are uh, uh, they, they are uh, working with the leading providers that are creating the API way- gateways that uh, are exposing the data and the functionality inside of the core system. So th- this allows the banks not to worry about that part, and the third parties are managing that. And this makes it easier. The advantage is uh, doing, going to this core provider, this API portals are supplied and maintained by them, right? So uh, also one important thing to mention about the U.S. is there's a lot of confusion as to what are the best use cases, right? Well, what's the, re- the real, the real uh, application and the real revenue increase and the real money that will come from this uh, implementation? So there's a lot of questioning around that. But uh, this this is uh, ba- mainly based on non standardization of the market, I would say. Yeah, it's interesting that, as you say, you know, the US initially started with this market driven approach. Now it's going down the kind of regulatory approach. Um, Carlos, do you think that, given the size of of the US market, that taking that market driven approach initially was the best route for the region? Very good point, Ellie. Uh, actually, what we saw—it's interesting to 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 note that the the pandemic had brought up uh, an acceleration in some in some regions of the world and the open banking and the use of open banking. Right, so new use cases were created because of the the, the necessity of coming from the pandemic. Right, so the the lockdowns and things like that. So what we saw basically in markets like Brazil, where we were just starting the open banking regulation there, there was a huge acceleration because the government 
had to provide online payment accounts for for the population to subside, you know, the, the then because of the pandemic. So there were an urgent creation of the some people say that was the biggest, the largest on uh, digital banking in Latin America because from day to night there was a new digital banking with 100 million accounts, right? So it was incredible. So how could you could establish this? And then you accelerate the use of the digital accounts for many unbanking people. So it was a sort of acceleration. On the other hand, if you check US, uh, US is a, like Mauricio said, is a market-led organization, right? So at that time, what we saw is that there were a will from Federal Reserve, from other from other uh, regulators, to put a, a, an eye on on the open banking regulation. But actually, it was a little bit delayed because of the pandemic. They didn't want to do this during the, the pandemic, right? Especially because US already they already embraced APIs for the the daily basis, even though it's not regulated, even even though it's not standardized. So what happened is that there was a there was a growth in use of API arrangements, open API arrangements. So institutions started to open more their ecosystems, exposing more their APIs and things like that. But they didn't do this in a structured way or in the safest way, right? So what we see is that a lot of a lot of security problems now, because of the scale of this, there were much more things to worry about in terms of of security data consent and things like that and there is no standards so in us in the, the, the market like us you still see you know screen scraping arrangements which is not an api or a standardized api is more like you know more old-fashioned way to integrate external systems so you still see these things in, in us it's not forbidden it's not regulated but it's growing some way going in an unstructured way so what we see now is that, like Mauricio said as well, the Federal Reserve, the CFPB, they are working on a new manifesto for our new regulation. They are trying to settle this, this statement for the market. What we see is that they don't want to impose you know, a standard like we have in Europe, like we have in other, in other regions, but they want to you know, focus on some areas that are more beneficial or more urgent to tackle. So we, in GFT, we bet that the first area or the first big portion of open banking, we start by payments, right? So we have all the peer-to-peer the -peer and the real-time payments arrangements. They are completely uh, decentralized, completely unstructured in, in the sense of standards, technical standards. And that's where uh, we see that uh, regulation will start off because it, it's, it's, more, it's beneficial for customers to have a, a, a safer and a more liable environment to transact payments, right? So I, we believe that this is the first big implementation of open banking in the US market. One country we haven't really uh, touched on yet is is Canada. Obviously, Canada is, is yet to kind of formally implement open banking. We, we do know it's sort of coming. So Mauricio, where is Canada in, in all of this? And would you say that we're going to expect Canada's roadmap sort of later this year? Yeah, that's the expectation, I would say, right? But uh, Canada has gone through a, let's say, a three-phase approach where two phases have already been executed. And uh, these two phases were more in the, uh, let's say, in the uh, discovery side of things, consultation, 
and involving all the stakeholders to make sure that they take every every point of view into consideration and learning also from other countries as uh, uh, not to do not to make the same mistakes that have have happened have our own mistakes I would say right so uh, basically uh, that's uh, that's uh, what what has been done and it was very important in March last year as, as uh, people might all know Abraham Tachihan was on. Uh, appointed as the lead of open banking for the country and since then a lot of progress has, has been made so his mandate is to uh, to make sure that everyone is sitting in the same table and all the points of view are there so he can uh, lead this way and make sure that whatever is being defined as a standard and as a regulation really applies to the market needs and also some of the uh, I mean taking into consideration that there's a lot to learn from other parts so he established working groups, and these working groups are around accreditation. So, which organizations can participate, and what, what, how how can these uh, organizations um, follow some specific criteria to be accepted? Then the liability, who 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 is going to be responsible for what when things go wrong at uh, during during uh, the day to day activities of open banking. Privacy, which is basically focused on uh, on the consent part, on the cons customer experience, and of course the security that uh, Carlos was talking about, that it's a big issue, and we'll see it a little bit later on when we talk about the challenges, right? But this is part of what uh, in Canada is now more or less in the same stage as the U.S. in terms of using screen scraping as, as a basis. There's a, a little bit of a standard that is let's say, not officially defined, but a lot of uh, institutions are using a specific standard. But uh, 2023 is supposed to be one of the milestones in the uh, open banking history of, of Canada. Yeah, great. We're certainly expecting, you know, some big things hopefully to come out of, of Canada this year. And and look, you, as you said, Mauricio, we're, we're now going to touch on some of those challenges, really, that you know, not just Canada, uh, but other regions and countries that have already implemented open banking, they still face really. So Mauricio, can you sort of set the scene for us? Well, broadly speaking, what, what are some of these challenges? And, and maybe you can kick us off with, with the first one. Yeah, perfect. So being a little reiterative, it's just to show different levels of maturity, different levels of legal and regulatory standards. Uh, so, as I said, initially as well, there's different challenges, right? But to summarize, uh, we see some of the main challenges uh, being being uh, some of the following, right? One of them is standardization, right? We've talked about this, standardization of uh, protocols and actually the regulation. So we know for a fact, and it's this is really straightforward, that the APIs are the basis, the technology, the technology basis for open banking. And currently, there are many, many uh, open API platforms that are, uh, we could say, as at some point, slowing down the ecosystem in, in its progress because of the diversity of things. So uh, the the, the non-standardization is making sure this is, is not helping this to 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 go faster. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of indefinitions there. So that, that's why this could be a, a uh, so something that is stopping the uh, the accelerated progress. So there, there's there's efforts to tackle this challenge, but these efforts are not done globally. These efforts have been uh, done on 
as as we said in Europe and uh, have been done in a regional basis and others have been doing it on a country by country basis so at the end of the day this will have to be opened up in a more global basis but now it's it's progressing into a, uh, a regional or country country basis right another another of the big issues that we uh, or big challenges that uh, the market is facing globally it's uh, around uh, securing data and, uh, and 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 not only doing that because we know cybersecurity and securing data regardless or not of open banking this has been a thing that all the uh, financial institutions have to deal with on a day-to-day basis right but the risk is bigger now right and also you have the other side of the equation the market trust because you can do a lot of things around your technology around making sure that the access management and a lot of the things that are uh, behind the scenes that people don't see that are out there and you 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 know that because you are a technology but if you are the the day-to-day customer how do you really trust or not this what what, what, is, what is there so there's a lot of issues around making sure that the market really understands and the market uh, trusts what to share their data and then this is uh, something that uh, that 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 has to be tackled very soon so we know that capabilities are there that there's some additional stuff that needs to be put in place there's a new level of rigor because you're exposing a lot of data you're sharing among uh, different uh, parts of the ecosystem so uh, the chains uh, will have to be embraced uh, with open banking right so we know that APIs are, are, not, are not something that are new. You know, APIs have been around for several years. But with the, the volumes uh, increasing in data sharing, they, they, there will have to be much more controls in place to be able to really detect uh, suspicious activities. With, a, For example, a sudden increase in the volume of activity is, is something that they will need to immediately detect and act upon. So... Uh, so this is something that uh, some of the uh, the scenarios and some of the uh, algorithms that are already implemented there they have to evolve, right? So this is one of the keys to to success in gaining trust from the customers as well. Yeah, I think that word uh, trust comes up a lot when when talking about open banking, and for good reason, obviously. Carlos just wants to bring you in at this stage because. You know, when we talk about open banking, sometimes it seems like a lot of the conversations focus on kind of the technology side. And actually, one of the reasons that open banking is being implemented around the world is is because of the benefits to the consumer, right? So is this something that still poses a, a challenge, do you think? Yes. Yes, Ali. I think you reached the right point, right? So this is all about the customer, right? So what is the benefit that customers would take from open banking arrangements. So this is the big point. And we as uh, as consulting firms or even banks, they are more focused on how we can address the open banking regulations from a technical perspective, from a regulatory and le- legal perspective, and things like that, right? But the most important in the end is how can I offer a better product or service to the customer and how we can do this, right? And the, and the point is, this is the only. This is the reason behind having all these regulations in place throughout the world. Is first to foster competition and provide better services and products for customers. To provide security from a data perspective. So, Mauricio was saying about the data 
So this is a big challenge. So I have all the data available. Banks have the all of our data as customers, right? So how they will use this to a specific purpose that benefits for customer, but do not harm him in the other hand because his data is exposed, right? So there are many things to tackle that. There are different regulations throughout the world as well. So the, the conversation is, should, be, should be driven by this. And for example, if you take a market like U.S., in U.S., banks are already leveraging data and offering products through APIs to their customers, whether there is an open bank regulation in place or not, right? So the point is how open banking will create a real benefit for customers uh, on markets like that. Or you can see the same in, in Asia, right? So then you have to think about a strategy. So this is the whole thing behind a good adoption of open banking arrangements. And our experience shows that customers, they, uh, banks, they need, to, they need to think about their product approach in a different way. And they have to think more towards like the, the tech companies think and concept their products, which is using the API first strategy. So which, which means banks create products, you know, in a, in a traditional way, they think about all the functional requirements of a product. So for the stakeholders on the, uh, using that, uh, the, the, the backend process and things like that, which is okay. But the new way to create a, a modern banking product is thinking about this as an API, right? So we have to bring the technology people, you have to educate business, uh, and product owners to think about the product as a technology service, right? That's the, this is the way that Google, Amazon, Facebook, and Apple, that this is the way they create their products today. And this is the only way you can take advantage of the open APIs and the open models, right? This is the only way. If you don't use these models, you will just create more uh, overhead to transact that. So you need to think this way. And this is the only way also to decouple the value chain of a product. When you decouple a value chain of a product, you can, you know, start to think how to monetize these small pieces. You can think about how you can start partner to take care of, of, of pieces of this value chain, because this is all API uh, strategy uh, related, right? So you can decentralize this, this value chain. This is important. This is something that we've been working years on helping banks to change their mindset towards that. This is key. And with this, to finalize this, this, this part of the challenge. So this is the only way you can create a, a good strategy on open banking because each institution will have a different purpose with open banking. Some of them want to be more aggressive and they want to acquire more customers. They want to get more customers from the competition using the data. But at the same time, other banks, they want to, the incumbent banks, for example, what they want to do mainly is to retain their, their customer bases, right? Using the data to retain their customer bases. So how they can use open banking towards that offering or anticipating their customers' needs to not let them go to, to the competition. So, so you have to create the, the strategy. To create those strategies, you need those, you know, the, the, this different mindsets in the, in the product creation approach. So I think this is a big challenge that, you know, that is still ongoing. Ali, it will take a, a, a time when this is a mainstream thought. 
but it's very exciting because we are helping customers to tackle that. And it's, it's really, really exciting to work on this change of mind. Yeah, and I guess as you kind of picked up on there, monetization of, of APIs is is something that also needs to be kind of considered by the industry. We, you know, hear that kind of phrase API monetization bandied around quite a bit. Do you think this still poses a challenge? Has any kind of country been successful when it comes to this kind of pricing strategy? Yeah, we in GFT we've been working with customers and they and banks they always think about open banking and okay, let's let's uh embrace the regulation, let's adopt new modern architectures and let's put our products in on API as API APIs and let's monetize those APIs. This is the regular path when they when we think about open banking. What we we saw is that even in Europe monetizing APIs is not the is not a way to make money from open banking. It's just a path. The the real money lie on the data, right? And how you can offer better services to your customers and and they will buy that, that those services. They will, you know, acquire services and products and, and new products. So the monetization of API is 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 not limited to this, you know, to this exposure of software elements and you pay for that. No, it's the value behind that that actually creates value. So what we saw is that some banks, they simply gave up on charging for the APIs because they understood that they should charge for the whole value chain. So again, the coupling the value chain, you can monetize pieces of this, of this value chain. And this is materialized through APIs, of course. But the point's not, it's not because this API costs X money per transaction or things like that. This model is not the is not actually the 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 real value of API monetization. So what we see is that this is an open topic. There are different opinions uh, regards that. And this is ours. This is the way we see banks are succeeding, creating value through data and through the successful rate of acquiring or retaining customers. This is the real value. And you have to measure this and not the transaction piece. Yeah, there's so many pertinent points there. And look, Mauricio, let's come back to you. I know that we often hear when it when it comes to, to challenges facing sort of financial institutions, you know, they often refer to the fact they have legacy technology, that implementing open banking will therefore require really quite a significant investment. So is technology still kind of a, a big challenge for the ecosystem to overcome? Yes, I think, Kelly, that's, uh, that's very, a very important topic that you're bringing up because current technologies are a challenge, not only for open banking, but for time to market. I would say that for time to market as a whole, right? Because for some institutions, it's very complicated to put out their new products and services in a very timely manner. We have seen this in our in our projects with our clients that we are doing a lot of things around modernization of their current technologies and helping them going to the cloud that gives them a lot of flexibility and a lot of a lot of uh, as I said time to market really uh, being able to react to the market to the ever changing market needs that uh, have to be in a timely manner so there's a belief that to going through these processes will have to be these big bang approaches that were out there in the past and uh, hundreds of developers in the same place uh, doing a lot of coding. But this is not the case anymore. So we are talking to many of our 
customers around taking some different approaches around this. There's a phased approach that you can take to this changing technology that will be able to help uh, the, the banks in evolving in a phased approach, in a in a much uh, paced, less risky approach that would bring the benefit of being more flexible and really leveraging open banking and other other opportunities that are, are out there. But if they stay where they stay where they are, of course they can do a lot of things. They can still uh, uh, implement and use the APIs and expose and everything that open banking means. But it will be more costly and less flexible and not with the uh, corresponding requirement of time to market. Uh, Carlos, any other challenges that you've identified at, at GFT that you want to, to kind of highlight? Yeah, I think the other challenge I would like to bring here, Ali, is how the banks and the institutions will work with the, the ecosystem, right? Because when we're talking about decoupling the value chain, creating this, materialize this in in, in APIs, we open uh, many alternatives to bring partners to the game and create value from that. Create value or for some banks can be a threat, right? Because when you see the fintechs around, just trying to do the same stuff sometimes, competing for some of this part of this value chains or the whole value chain sometimes, we tend to see this as a competitor. So change of mindset is needed as well when we watch the, the ecosystem. So we have to to understand that a competitor sometimes can be a, a partner, right? And we can work together in part of this value chain and we can compete in others. So this is a this is a this is different. So this is new for especially for banks that are not used to share data, to share infrastructure, to share customers, right? It's always this these are my customers, these are my clients, this, this is my data, I won't share with what, this with anyone. So banks are starting to change that, especially because fintechs are, you know, on a so uh, fast-paced growth that they can't avoid uh, a fintech uh, advance coming, and so, so they, they need to work with them. Some banks, for example, think about, okay, let's buy the, this, this and that fintechs just to, let's say, kill the competition in a non-natural way, right? Its results is not available. It's not really something that works because there are, you know, several fintechs bringing innovation faster than the banks usually do. So they need to partner with. They need to identify and, and changing their mindset to work and to lean on some partners on this chain. So I think this is a, a another big challenge that uh, comes with open banking, comes with all the open architecture mode, right? So everything that we are seeing now, everything's in the cloud. So there's no other way to work with your business without having partners in this way. So this is the last frontier for banks to understand how to real leverage uh, open banking. Yeah, absolutely. And we you know, we are starting to hear about accessible partnerships, but as you say, it does require a real mindset change and there's some way to go there, I think, when it comes to, you know, partnering within the ecosystem. Look, I know that we've covered off a lot of challenges and I think it will be helpful, Mauricio, let's start with, with you if possible. If you could kind of sum up, what, what would you like um, listeners to take away from, from this podcast episode today? You know, it can be kind of daunting to think about 
all of those challenges around open banking, but actually there's opportunity as, as well, isn't there? Exactly. So, yeah, every challenge comes with a big opportunity. But I think that the main vision here is always think about the customer, right? If you have the, the customer in mind, then everything will start to be clear. So if you are in an approach as a bank just to be compliant with the regulation, then that's a whole different uh, vision. We try to send this message to the uh, to the customers we work with and with the people we talk to. Customer first. So every big milestone in technology, every big innovation comes with a lot of things, uh, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of unknowns, and a lot of threats, of course, as we see in terms of uh, data sharing or, or, or what we discussed. But this this comes with a, with a opportunity and, the, the, and just... Uh, facing those will be able to evolve and we will be able to solve them and work uh, as global or as regional as possible uh, as an ecosystem as Carlos was saying work together to make make the best uh, for the for the customer out of this process yeah some some wise words there and as you say you know really important not to lose sight of the the consumer in all of this or indeed the business the the SME if if that's the end customer Thank you so much, Carlos and Mauricio, for joining me today. A real pleasure to have you both on the podcast. Thank you, Eli. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Eli. It was a pleasure for, for, for us to be here. Thank you very much. My thanks again there to Carlos and Mauricio from GFT. I think we covered a lot of ground there, but some really important points about, you know, the challenges that remain to be sort of overcome when we're thinking about how open banking is implemented and, you know, some of those challenges are, are, are really pertinent, especially for those regions that are only just starting out on their open banking journey. You know, we mentioned the Middle East there. Obviously, Canada hopefully will be later this year. If you'd like to listen back to other episodes of the Unplugged podcast series, then just click on the on-demand section of openbankingexpo.com. That's all for this week. Goodbye for now. <laughs>